Are you ready to tell me everything? <laughs> Did he watch your Instagram story? He was the first to watch it, girl. Ghost him. Stop. Block him. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tell Me Everything with Lands, episode seven. Wow, damn, we won. We're at episode seven. I can't believe that, guys. Today, we're going to switch things up. Before that, I am actually not recording from my guest room at my house. I am recording at The Foundry, which is a hybrid progressive art space that provides a creative space for artists at, and for the surrounding community located in Dubai, downtown Boulevard. Guys, The Foundry has this incredible podcast room, which I'm literally podcasting in right now, with state-of-the-art equipment, soundproof room. I I just, I can't even believe how incredible the space is. It also has a cafe, an art lounge. It's just absolutely incredible. If you want to learn more about The Foundry, follow them on Instagram at Foundry Downtown and check them out. All right, guys, let's get into the business. <laughs> Today, I'm going to bring on another man. I know, I know, I know, guys. I'm all about the woman power, and I understand this is a little bit out of my comfort zone, but just go with it. Just trust me on this, I promise. Today's guest is someone who's super dear and near to my heart. We first met while I was a guest on his podcast called Hope It Helps. By the way, guys, you should check it out. Hope It Helps is amazing. Khad is a licensed hypnotherapist, podcaster, and person who just wants to help people value their own worth. Today, I welcome Khaled. Welcome to the show, Khaled. Thank you very much. <laughs> was that a good intro? <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Thank you for uh, having me. This the, is so weird having you as a guest. I know, the tables have turned. The tables have turned. I have a lot of pressure on my shoulders right now. No, no, no. Um, okay, so we're going to get into it, okay? We're going we're gonna to get into it. He, he knows a little bit about like what this podcast episode is about, but... I'm going to surprise him a little bit and you guys are going to understand why. So Khaled, actually, first of all, can you can you please introduce yourself to the audience of like, who are you? What's your background? Sure. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Khaled W. Jubain. I uh, grew up in Dubai. Um, been here for over 20 years by now. Uh, I right now been for the last year, been running my own podcast called Hope It Helps, which is all about bringing on top performers and experts in their fields to come on the podcast to have an open and honest conversation in the hope that someone listening can take something away that helps them in their own lives i'm also a licensed hypnotherapist and a coach and just recently started like seeing clients and stuff so let's see where it goes from here amazing so i actually kind of want to ask you what was because a lot of a lot of times on the show i always ask the guests like what drove you to practice your passion in life because for sure, hypnotherapy is one of your passions in life, as well as podcasting is. So what moment was it for you that was like a click that like, okay, I actually want to help people? Was there like a self-revelation moment that like you went through something and then you were like, okay, wait, since I went through this, I want to be able to help people. Yeah. Was it that kind of experience? Like, kind of explain to me, like, how did you get there? Um, so... I didn't know this was my passion, to be honest. I never expected it to be. Uh, I never, if you asked me even a year ago, I would have never thought I'd be a hypnotherapist. What I learned, um, so I lived in Amsterdam for three years, and that was when I really dove into like personal development and my own growth journey and so on, went through a lot of different experiences. And so three years ago, I, during that process, I was taking courses online, and I found out about this woman called Marissa Peer, who was the number one hypnotherapist in the world. Mm. So she had a course that you could take, and that course wasn't to learn how to be a hypnotherapist. It was just it was just a hypnotherapy course. And it was all about, you know, the underlying thing behind it was the whole concept of I'm not enough with which I've faced in the past. Which brother we're going to get into, like deep dive into. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm letting you know from now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I love talking about that stuff. Um, so I took the course. It, was, it really, really helped me. Uh, and then I was I worked in sales for a couple of years. And what I like sales is fun. I like the creative part of it, but I didn't like how what a sales job entails. It just didn't feel like I was fulfilled. I was selling things that I didn't really care about. Mm. So I'm like, okay, what can I do? I love people. People is my passion. That's I mean, why you're I do a it. podcaster, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's why I have a podcast. That's why I do the hypnotherapy. It's all to do with people. I think that's my strength and that's what I love doing as well. Yeah. So through that course and doing uh, the hypnotherapy and so on, last year, ironically during quarantine, 
yeah as we all do i was just taking courses i was trying to learn i'm like let me make most to make i mean i made time. made banana bread during my quarantine but sure <laughs> you were out there trying to help people but like i was there trying to make banana bread and pizza <laughs> that's fine <laughs> everyone uh, it was funny that how everyone became a, uh, a quarantine chef literally everyone was just posting about food yeah it went from like banana bread to like i don't know to like the lattes on tiktok yeah. to like <laughs> there's like an entire like year worth of food content i swear 100 percent. and the funny thing is i'm you remember like right at the beginning i know this is a bit of a tangent but it's just funny <laughs> uh right at the beginning when like quarantine started the whole world like on tiktok on instagram was posting quarantine day one like whoa <laughs> you know what i mean like how long are we gonna be in this for and who would have thought uh, here we are a year later and literally we're still in like corona times we're still in this time <laughs> exactly um but coming back to what we were talking about so during that time i she was on a podcast that i follow okay called uh, the school of greatness which i love uh so marissa Peer was on as a guest and she's talking about what she does and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you can actually train to be a hypnotherapist. So she's taken her 30 years of experience and mm. created a program called Rapid Transformational Therapy. Yeah. And you could actually learn to become a hypnotherapist. So I'm like, I never knew you could learn to become like yeah. that. I never knew there was a program. So I looked at it initially and uh, just from a financial perspective, I'm like, it's a big investment and mm. it's not one that I'm probably willing to make right now. So I left it. And then sometimes... It's funny how things work out. You like three years ago, I found out about her last year. I was going to do the course and I didn't. And then two months later, someone from their like sales, like their sales team called me and like, hi, Khaled, uh, we saw you were interested in the course. Uh, are you still interested? I'm like, hi. Yeah, I'm very interested. But the financially doesn't make sense. Yeah. So he's like, let's get on a call and talk about it. So we got on a call. We figured out, OK, there's a payment plan that works. And I'm like, OK, this works for me. So I decided to do it. Studied for seven months, watched hundreds of hours of content i had practice hypnotherapy sessions done on me i did them on people as well and then in december i finally got certified and that was a that was a pretty awesome feeling wow i'm sure i'm sure it was a validating feeling as well 100 percent. yeah yeah especially after failing the exam the first time <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah i did it this time yeah so now that you've like you've been in the field with hypnotherapy for i mean a bit now because you got your certification recently are there any common issues or or things that people have come to you and been like, I'm really struggling with this. You can find a commonality between all of them. Or is it kind of just like various different because of people's experiences and mm. like uh, upbringing and childhood? Is it very different or because of like because personally, I feel like after Corona and stuff, yeah. a lot of people are like figuring out that like maybe they're like. I feel like I need to like travel the world. I need to, I feel like super like I have low self-confidence or like I want to try and find like the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Like, is there like a commonality of like an issue, like overarching issue or like literally it's just random? That's a good question. Thank for you. The, for the most part, <laughs> I'd say in my experience, at least it does vary from person to person. But I think the most common one is seems to be, at least in my experience, is anxiety is one. Okay. I think a lot of people yeah. have um a lot of people go to therapy to even traditional therapy to yeah. do with like anxiety it's a very common issue that yeah. you know everyone faces but just on different kind of levels another one is about a lot of people sometimes are lost or you know they feel like they don't have a direction so and they procrastinate they're like oh why am i not i know what i want to do but what's stopping me from doing that yeah so usually there's something there's a belief there's something in their mind that's stopping them from like breaking free and like pursuing that passion that career whatever they're trying to do so it is very variant but i think a very common one is anxiety yeah i mean i because we can't predict the future like we no. literally don't even know what we're gonna be doing in six months so that that sure. actually makes sense to me going back to the belief thing because mm. i think you mentioned before like the i'm not enough belief that yeah. was kind of in your head before like you went on this hypnotherapy track for people who because i've also can relate to this because i've at some point in my life had the i'm not enough phrase in my in my mind or sure. and it's it's enabled me or not enabled me to probably take risks in my career to take risks in love and relationships and dating what would your steps or advice be for someone that's like going through this right now like like every morning or like every day they have this negative self-talk of like i'm not enough like what would your advice be to them sure um like let's say like from a hypnotherapy perspective sure. and let's also say it from like just a day-to-day -day perspective okay um, so f one of the things I learned in the course was that your mind doesn't differentiate good from bad. 
So a lot of times, for example, when we say things that are like self-deprecating, like yeah. we joke about ourselves, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But even though you mean it as a joke, your mind still takes that in. Like what I learned from the course is how powerful the mind is and how important the words we use are. What do you mean take it as a joke? Like if you're like, oh, I'm fat and like you actually believe it. Yeah, like, even or like, yeah, e even if you're saying it as a joke. Yeah. Your mind still hears that. So. Okay. We don't know if it's going to play into it, but there's a good chance if you that's a very consistent thing yeah, that you yeah. do, all of a sudden it becomes a belief that you have in the back of your mind, even though you say it as a joke. So sometimes something so harmless further down the line can become so detrimental or have such a big effect on you. So from a hypnotherapy perspective, when it comes to I'm not enough, it's a thing. I think that's the most common thing, by the way. Yeah. Even going through the course, even what Marissa herself says, like that is a number one belief that probably majority of people face and it all starts with so funny how many things come back to childhood i was gonna say is it all yeah. stem from childhood <sighs> is it like how we're raised by our parents or is it the environment like because i can't like sit there and be like it's my parents fault i think i'm not enough like you can't always i it could be like the environment like for instance like when i was in the second grade like i, I repressed this memory completely but when i went to, went to hypnotherapy i remember that i was actually bullied mm. when i was in the second grade so yeah. like so, like, that, I guess, maybe played into, like, my phase of, like, I'm not enough. Do you feel like those, like, because it can't be all down to, like, our parents and how they raise us. I feel like it has to do with your environment, who your friends were, how you did in school, how your teachers interacted with you. Yeah. What activities you did. No, that's a, and that's a, and that's a fair point. It's not, it's not, the thing is, this is how it starts. It's not an isolated incident that caused you to believe I'm not enough. Yeah. Because before the first time you experienced that kind of belief or that, feeling you don't yeah, know what that means so totally. it happens once and you're like okay fine something happened but then further down the line as you like you said your experiences school whatever friends whatever your whatever situations or experiences you have in life if similar things come up might not exactly be the same as that first experience you had but there's a similarity to it mm. and it starts to reinforce that belief okay so it's not an isolated incident it's accumulation over time but usually with hypnotherapy what we try to do is we go back to scenes from your past. Sometimes it's childhood. Sometimes yeah. it's last week. Sometimes it's a year ago. It's 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 different for everyone. But a lot of times, at least in my experience, I can remember very clearly certain like an event that caused me to start having that belief. And the th the crazy thing is, you don't. I only realized I had it when I was like twenty eight, twenty nine, and I went to therapy. I went to traditional therapy before before I knew I could even train as a hypnotherapist. Yeah. Um, so I think understanding where it comes from, and that's what all we're trying to do with hypnotherapy is if you don't understand, you can't fix it. But what, okay, so what's like your, this sounds so weird to say ideal client, but like what would be like a person coming, like say I came in, I was like, yeah. actually, this is literally what I'm going through right now, guys, and I'm actually going to go to Khadid to discuss this and like fix it because I'm having an issue lately where I'm like, I, no matter what I do with my eating, when I, what I do with my workouts, I literally look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I'm fat. I'm disgusting. I know every woman and some men can relate to this. It's like that negative body image and negative self-talk. So I'm like really going through that right now. I was actually just discussing with Khadid like a few weeks ago, by the way, guys, he's my boyfriend. I wanted to uh. Oh, you said it. Okay. <laughs> I was debating. And we're going to go into how we started dating because I know everyone freaking loves the dating shit on this podcast. So we're definitely going to go into it. Okay. Everyone's like, how did the psycho girl land the guy? We're definitely going to go into it because he's here. <laughs> so I can grill him. Uh, but I was literally discussing with him at dinner. Um, I was telling him, I was really opening up to him, which by the way, we have to, oh my God, I have so much to go into. But I was telling him how like, I, no matter how much weight I lose, no matter how well I eat, no matter what I do, intermittent fasting, don't, reformer, berries, method, whatever it is, I cannot get this negative self-talk of like, I am disgusting, I'm fat, like, like I look ugly. Um, and no matter what, like, had it, my friends would be like, no, you're not fat, like, you're psycho, you're crazy, but no matter what anyone says to me, I'm still going to believe that. So say I come to you, which I did, but we yeah. haven't done a session yet. Sure. So I come to you and I'm like, hey, like I have this lot of negative self-talk. I want to work through it. What would be your first like step? Like take me through the process of what that looks like. Okay. So irrelevant of the issue, what, how, we, how, I start, how I start with any client is first of all, I'm going to send you an intake form. Okay. And on the form, you write it. There's a couple of things you can like circle, like potential things you may have. And usually people... When you give, it's funny when you give people, let's say I want to come in for 
anxiety yeah but if i've now i've given but there's a list of things on there so it was like anxiety oh i'd like to cure this addiction oh i'd like to do that so people, <laughs> when people get options they're like everything <laughs> exactly so people start ticking all these different things and then uh there's a couple of questions that we you have to answer on the sheet number one is when did this start like for you when did you when do you think this started what are the words you'd like to hear for yourself what is the what would you like other people to say about you what is like the perception you'd want to have and this is one thing we use with every i use with every client it's called the magic wand so you come in for the session (laughs) i'd be like this is a magic wand so you're literally like the fairy godmother Uh, you're like three wishes i got you (laughs) (laughs) but one one one. one at a time okay fine fair enough one at a time um but we ask if this was a magic wand and we could get one thing out of the session today Mm -hmm. one thing if you wanted to break free from one thing what would that be and whatever they say even if they've circled like 10 issues, that's what we're going to work on. Okay. Because that, your your mind is telling you that is the most important thing most for important you right one, now yeah. that you want to address. So it would be that, then you'd come in. So the basic structure of a session is an hour and a half. Okay. Come in first 20 minutes is about just diving a bit into, into the problem a bit more. Uh, childhood, uh, triggers, like symptoms, how does it make you feel? Where does it come from? Um, again, magic wand. And then we go into, then I put you into hypnosis, which for anyone who's listening, guys, hypnosis just means being in a relaxed state. If you've ever meditated, you've been in <laughs> hypnosis. I don't have like... A, There's such a stigma with hypnosis I know, that I you're going to be like... I make a TikTok on like yeah. what people think hypnosis is or what it actually you is. You should, you 100% should. Um, so put you in hypnosis, you just get very relaxed. Um, and then we go, we do the regression, which is taking you back to scenes from your past. Yeah. Uh, usually we go to three, but maybe we'll go to four. Maybe yeah. we don't need three. It depends on the situation. And then we do the reframe. So there's a bunch of tools and techniques that we can use to reframe the situation mm-hmm. to help you address the person that hurt mm-hmm. you, to help you get the love that you hear, the love that you always wanted. There's so many different ones. Uh, and then we, I make you a bespoke recording. So it's a recording specific to like Lana, for example. So the recording I'd give you would be completely different from the recording I would give someone else. And that's what's special about it. Wait, is it the recording of your session? No, the recording of the, the tran- it's called the transformation recording. Okay. So what you do is... In- <laughs> How do you record that? Uh, <laughs> do you like to like sit there? You're like, I'm going to help you. No, like in a way, yeah. <laughs> like, I certain, love that. To, so in the session, I'll, I'll try to, I'll do it typical like a maybe i won't go so deep into it yeah and then after the session i'll go back i'll get my mic i'll you know sit down for like half an hour hour and really like right do it like properly make it sound perfect make sure i'm using the exact words that you wanted to hear all that kind of stuff and then what you need to do is listen to it for three weeks okay one thing about therapy any kind of therapy guys is and i've learned this from my experience we're just there to help you Mm. i can't fix the problem for you totally you know, I, we say in the session with hypnotherapy, you come in, we're going to do 70% of the work. Yeah. That last 30 is you listening to that recording for three weeks. And why three weeks? Because that's how long it takes to form a new belief in your mind and to break an old pattern and so on. So that's kind of how a session works. Because I just feel like whenever someone's like, like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm known as like the person that went to therapy, but <laughs> like I'm just I'm known in this, but, but then my friends and friends of friends of someone who's went to therapy and people ask me all the time, like, do you think I should go to therapy? Do you think I should do hypnotherapy and, mm. and stuff like that? And I always say, if you're not going to go in there and come out doing the proactive work, then don't go. It's a waste of your time and it's a waste of money. Because if you're just going to go in there and tell your problems and she's going to be like, or he's going to be like, do your affirmations every day or meditate or take an hour to work out to like release the endorphins. And you're not actually going to apply that to your life. You're wasting your time and energy and money. Like only go if you're going to hold yourself accountable. Cause I just feel like even with hypnotherapy, like if someone's not going to listen to that recording every single day for three weeks, it's useless. Thank you. It's literally useless for them and you. Like, yeah, you're not going to get, if your goal is to get rid of this, you need to put in the work to get rid of it. Like, well, there might be some success in the, there will be success in the session regardless, but yeah. if you want to actually get to that transformer, get to that next place or break free of that belief that's been holding you back for God knows how many years, yeah. you got to put in that work. Absolutely. For sure. Why do you think people find it so hard? Is it just the idea? Because for me, like after I went to like normal therapy, like traditional therapy, and then I did hypnotherapy, every single time after that, I like put in the work. Yes, it's hard, but it's doable. Why do you think people have this like perception that it's like impossibly hard? Is it because people are lazy? Because it could just be that. That could be the answer to this question. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. We are lazy because when I'm going to a therapist, this is the biggest mistake that people make is 
I'm removing, like going through therapy, a lot of people think that I'm removing all the, my problem and this responsibility off myself. Now it's on you as the therapist yeah. to fix it for me. And when the therapist tells you, I, I'm not here to fix it, I'm here to help you fix it. People don't like that because like pissed. yeah, because they want people want to get that responsibility off them. Because then, if it doesn't work, I have someone to blame. Yeah, you know what so I mean. So true, actually. So yeah. they like, like reflect, re- deflect, deflect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. deflect responsibility and accountability. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's get like less heavy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's talk about dating. Let's go. My favorite subject for this audience. Okay. You are the guru. I, I bear, I'm the mogul, babe. I'm oh, mogul. Sorry, the mogul. Excuse you. Like you- okay (laughs) okay so how do you think negative self-talk i was talking to this about this with my boss today which is funny how do you think negative self-talk or confidence could influence the way we date because i take myself for instance like a personal story you already know the story i think a lot of my followers actually also know the story because i've talked about it a few times it's at my first relationship in like early days of college 19 20 21 i was super i was pretty overweight so that definitely influenced my self-esteem and and self-worth and my self-love I felt like I was unworthy so I think in turn I attracted people who or attracted men in my case that kind of could see that as like something they could like latch onto and use for their manipulation Mm. I don't mean every guy is bad of course I'm not saying this but in my certain circumstance yeah the guy was an asshole yeah I'm gonna put it lightly he was an asshole and so like every time like we'd get into an argument or or he would like go out or like I would go out and like he was we were doing long distance for a bit during the relationship like he would turn it on me he would always find a way to turn it on me and because I had so such low self-esteem and self-confidence I took it I felt like okay this is what I deserve Mm. and so like in my mind my self-talk was like this is what I deserve I'm not gonna get any better than this I'm not gonna get a relationship that's any better than this because my confidence was so low Mm. so what's your first of all have you been in that type of phase in your life or stage in your life it could be no even with a friend or a relationship and second question is how when you reckon first of all how do you recognize that you're in that relationship and how do you get out because for me love was blind i don't think i would have ended it if he didn't end it Mm. and i'm being very honest if he hadn't ended the relationship i later found out he cheated on me I don't know if, even if I found out he cheated on me, I even told you this. I don't know if I would have ended it yeah. because my self-esteem was so low. Yeah. So how do you identify the red flags and how do you pull yourself out of that situation knowing that you deserve better? Okay. Um, lots of layers to that question. I like I know, it. Sorry, by the way. No, no, it's fine. I like <laughs> I don't know it. the tangent I feel. <laughs> this is just like any of our normal conversations. <laughs> <laughs> just recorded this time. Exactly. Um, so I, I can relate to some of the things you said, but it wasn't not in a similar way, but the essence of it. So my first relationship was when I was 17. So and it lasted six years till I was 23. And Those are pretty like foundational years too. Ex- yeah, exactly. And yeah. funny listening to uh, Nas on the podcast yesterday, yeah. how he was saying never be in a relationship <laughs> like university. I'm like, ah, I kind of did something else. But anyway, um, I remember at the time before I started uh, dating her, uh, like and we started right at the end of like high school my confidence was super low i must say like even my i like i was overweight yeah I, you know i didn't have th- the confidence that i would have wanted to have i wasn't happy with like the person i was but again i was a kid yeah so i didn't know any better yeah and then when me and my ex started dating i'm like oh there's this you know there's this person who like is attracted to me and values me and whatever so i got a huge confidence boost but i learned from that relationship that it's especially those years are very tough those are very tough years like yeah, when, I look, when i look back now like even if i gave this advice to my younger self that guy back then would not have listened because i was just as blind as you are i thought this is the only girl i'll ever i'll ever have no yeah. one else would ever love me so even the times where we did like split up for a little while it wasn't it was always because of circumstance um i always but like would go back because i was scared to be alone and I was scared that I would never find um, love again. I'd never be appreciated again. And again, like that belief that we were talking about earlier, that like, I'm not enough would come back. Yeah. Like, oh, this person thinks I am. So I don't, but I don't believe I'm enough for anyone else. Yeah. So when you're young, I think it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's very difficult because you don't know any better. Mm. You don't know any better. And even after that relationship for like years, I made like 10 million mistakes, but that's how you learn, man. Um, nowadays... And then you found me. And then I found you. <laughs> and then I found you. 
um one thing that i think is important because i was thinking about this before yeah. like for the recording today i was like me and you when we met we one thing that we both said was crucial was the timing of when we met totally because even like that like last like year maybe two years for both of us we really seem to have like grown yeah. as people and went through yeah. like certain experiences and we understood ourselves more and what we want so i think maturity comes at the right time like we, we've even said in the past if like this happened like a year ago two years ago yeah it was a disaster a, i was useless so like there's a good chance it wouldn't have worked out so yeah. i think timing is also very important but nowadays if you're in that kind of relationship biggest lesson i've learned for anyone in a relationship for anyone looking to like be with we with someone is a lot of times i did like a hundred million things to try to get a person like to be with a person yeah and it's not that they didn't appreciate it it's not that they didn't respect it but they didn't want the same thing and i would just i would just ignore that belief and be like no 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 you can you can so the biggest last biggest takeaway for relationships i say now is listen if you know what you want yeah don't compromise on it this is you know if i want to be in a relationship okay then that's what you want to yeah. be and there's nothing wrong with that but don't give unless like i think the person needs to deserve what you give them yeah i think that's something that needs to be earned well i also think standards of women are pretty low in general do you think so 100 percent. What? i okay, think our standards think are pretty are, are you asking me the questions yeah, yeah I'm, no, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> it's my podcast <laughs> discussion (laughs) no i i definitely think women's standards are super low i even see it with my friends because i i think like society is has almost taught us that we should be appreciative of a man giving us attention and no matter no matter in what form it is if it's an instagram dm if like it's it's almost like we have so many modes of communications now Mm. that calling up is, is not even considered a norm anymore. That's yeah. like the extra. Mm. Sliding in your DM is making plans with someone in your DM. I find very bizarre. And I find that that someone didn't even ask for your number to like, I don't know. There's like a, a very weird standard. I feel like that has been normalized with our generation specifically mm. is that like our standards for, for, for as women, for men are just decreased. It's almost like because we find that like for some reason there's this, notion that there are so many women for men to pick and few for us to pick for men because good quality guys i'm saying my age group Mm. that our standards need to be lower okay especially in this region okay i find that a lot so you're saying there's guys have more um choices choices than than women do yeah even when I had Rita and Nat on my podcast, they we said, were, yeah, they did we say were that. discussing that as well. We were discussing, and these are two single girls who have been dating around and, and going on dates and everything. They even said, like, are, are, like there's such few quality men hmm. that the standard has kind of decreased. But even though they both had really toxic relationships and their standards has r- risen, I don't think it's at the standard that would have been normal 10 years ago. I think that's fair to say. I definitely don't think it I is. I think that's fair to say. And I think the whole, um, the, man, the apps change everything yeah they really did yeah i think so too for for guys and and for girls you know for guys you just went if you were like a shy person or whatever and you'd never go up and like speak to a girl yeah now you have like this app that you can like hide like you can just swipe i hide behind and i can take my time answering i can create this image of myself whatever the case might be so now i have so much more potential so if it doesn't work out with this girl for example okay i'll just pick that one but guys and girls are different we're not as selective as you Guys, unless in the, in the sense that if you're looking for a girl, you to, guys should see my face. <laughs> if you're looking, no, but it's true. But think about it. If you're, if a guy's looking for a girl to date, there is they're gonna be a lot more s- selective than a guy who's not. And this is what I mean. You can like there's girls that you know that you're like seeing, and there's girls that you know that no, you want to date, and it's a completely different. Why story. is there even like? What do you, like? What is that? Wait. So you're saying you look yeah. at a girl yeah. and she's dating a lot of guys at once. You're gonna yeah. be like, oh, she's not wifey material, whatever the hell that means. Uh, it could be. Yeah, some people could think but that. For why? Sure. Because she's considered like. Because that's just how the perception would be. This would be a perception of. So if a man is dating multiple girls at the same time, he's not gonna be considered a pl- like he'll be considered a player, but it wouldn't be as much of a turnoff as a, if a woman was doing that. No, but wouldn't a, wouldn't you say a girl if a gr- you know a guy that was like dating multiple girls? You wouldn't think that was a guy that was like 
husband material or boyfriend material, would you? Yeah, fair enough. You know, it's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same. But thing. then again, I I think that a lot of women would be like, I want to lock him down. That's a different story. <laughs> We're gonna get into games in a second. Okay. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think potential partners or people in relationships mm. or take advantage of people's low confidence? One million percent. Why do you think that happens? I think if you're taking, if you know your, if you your know you know your partner's weakness, if you know your partner's weakness, and you you're like exploiting that you're an asshole because you know what that means it's an insecurity that you're playing on. it's not that you don't like in any on on both sides like sharing your insecurity with the other person in a relationship is not should not be used as a leverage thank you or something to fight me with yeah i'm sharing this with you because i like this is not something i'm not comfortable with this is something not easy but i want you me sharing it with you something like i care about and that means i want you to appreciate what that means for me to share it with you yeah you should never at least in my, this is what i believe never ever bring an insecurity into a fight because that's that's a very bad thing it's to immature do. as well of course and that says a lot about you as well the person if you're if you know someone's weakness and you're using it to like attack them you're an asshole well okay i'm gonna switch this around a little do you think someone's low self-esteem or self-confidence can self-sabotage a relationship oh yeah for sure yeah for sure I, I mean i think so too and i think i've done it in the past in certain situations for sure because if let's say uh you're a guy or a girl you're with this uh you know a great partner but you have all but you don't you've never gotten that love from someone before you've never been appreciated in that way before so you start to think oh no no no, no. there's something wrong here yeah i don't deserve this person i don't deserve all the stuff i'm getting so I'll try to you'll not like subconsciously try to find a way to like get out because it's it's not familiar to you. Yeah. You know, I'm not used to feeling this way or being spoken to this way or treated this way or loved this way, whatever the case might be. So 100 percent I can play into it on both sides. Why do you think men cheat and women? Sorry. Why do you think men men and women cheat? There's like 10 million reasons. Okay, well, give me a few. Um, Let me work with something. Fair. Um. Because for me, I feel like men yeah. cheat because they have a huge insecurity about themselves. There's several reasons, but one of them sure. is they have a huge insecurity about themselves that they want validation outsourced by a different woman or mm. man. Um, I also think men cheat because of something in their current relationship has dissolved. I don't even mean intimacy. I could mean emotional yeah. connection or whatever has dissolved. And either they're scared of losing that person selfishly because they don't want to be alone. Yeah. Or they're just an asshole. Yeah. And they just want to manipulate and exploit. Um, but another reason also could be, I think Nas had did say this last week, was mm. that like they or people like just want to just don't want to lose that person at all, but they still want all the, all, all the other all like the, they want both yeah. they want their cake and to eat it exactly, too exactly yeah um but i'm just curious from a man's perspective like what why do you think let's say men you have a lot of guy friends i i do uh have a lot of guy friends um have any of your friends cheated on their spouses or women or girlfriends no 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 no, no. Not, at least not to my knowledge mm. but I'm, i'll put a lot of money that they have not what would you do if you saw one of your friends cheat on one of their girlfriend or their girlfriend or spouses that's tough. It's a tricky situation. It's tricky situation. Like I've been in that situation. Yeah, I I know you have. Um, my response, I think my responsibility in that case is number one to my friend. Yeah. And not and not to defend him, but I have to be the one to. Uh, I'm gonna call you out on that bullshit that you just did. Yeah. Like let me absolutely un- let me understand why. I'll try to help. Challenge. Yeah, I'm gonna challenge yeah. you for sure. Like I've known I've known guys in the past. Like you said, they have a girlfriend, whatever, but they're cheating left and right. And I'm and I told them I was like. Listen, man, you want to go like hook up with multiple girls, whatever, support you, go do your thing, whatever. No problem with that. But don't do it when you have a girlfriend. Yeah. Because all you want from her, because the, like, these girls, are just you're not serious about them. So you just it's just a physical thing. But your girlfriend, why are you keeping her around? Because she's giving you that love, the genuine love, yeah. that intimacy. Yeah. So like you said, you want my, I want my cake and I want to ha- eat it too. I think if you cheat in a relationship, there's, like you said, either something that you're not getting that you're looking for elsewhere like some type of validation or maybe you've become bored in your relationship you miss that like that excitement of you know um, you know see like hooking up with someone else or whatever the case might be 
Um, Grass has always been on the other side, though. It's funny. Always. Yeah, always. yeah, yeah. No, always. <laughs> Just in these situations. Yeah, 100%. But I've also been thinking about this recently, and I'm like, let's say, like, you, let, let me ask you this question. Let's say if you're in, I know what I, I know what I believe, and I know we believe the same thing, but I think when you're in, like, a marriage, for example, mm -hmm. or you're in, like, you're in that phase, there's more things to take into account than, yeah. like, just a, just a yeah. boyfriend-girlfriend kind of thing. So sometimes, sometimes I'm just trying to be, like, as compassionate as possible. I am completely against it, but I'm trying to understand. Let's say it was a mistake once. Kay. Let's say something happened once, it was a mistake. And you're married together, right? You have a house, you got kids, whatever the case might be. Now can you accept that it was just a mistake or like how can like is there a way because me and you i think we both like cheating is a, like uh, x you're yeah. gone kind of thing yeah and complete i'm fairly so yeah but i'm just trying to go deeper into that and see if someone made um, if once only once you know what i, I mean if, it's it's very difficult because i feel like when it happens when you're once you're setting the precedent and i know it's like but it only happened once but still there's a precedent set that it's okay because you worked on it like what what prevents it from happening again like happening again yeah because no, you've set fair. the precedent that mm. i'm gonna write it off and like forgive you this one time but like once you like normalize that and you and you forgive the other person even though it takes work and trust rebuilding I can't see it not happening again. Okay. It, it's it's a okay. really tough line because I just feel of like of course, of course, it's it's such a it's such like a because then you set like this tone of like like saying it's okay in a way. Do you think that because in order for obviously if you have kids it's like completely different like yeah of course uh, it's, yeah it's yeah harder yeah but even I think even like if you're married to someone it's a different there's a different story it's yeah I don't think I understand where you're coming from I don't think forgiving that person normalizes it i don't think it normalizes it but i completely understand what you mean that you kind of got like a free pass in a way yeah I that's know, what yeah, i mean right? it's like yeah. a kind of like a free pass yeah i got you i got you um so what with people who have like low self-esteem or lower like don't have a lot of self-discovery work to do mm. and they found someone they like kind of like want to start dating or whatever yeah do you think that this person man or a woman should like stay single do a lot of self-reflecting work build on themselves making sure they're like hundreds and then go out into the dating world or for you it's like whoever comes comes because for me i'm like i wouldn't have been so solid if i when i met you if mm. i didn't take what well, i was single for three years two years yep um if I didn't take those two years and really dive into who I was and yeah. self-discovery and whatever guys came along, I went on dates, but it was never sure. anything really serious. Yeah. So if I hadn't taken that time to really dive in and understand Lana and what my passion and drives were, I couldn't be like very happy with myself and know my self-worth. Sure. That's just me though. Yeah. Do you feel the same? Do you feel like people should do the work when they're single? Like for me, I think like bless. I know I'm like answering the question right now, but like I think being a single, being a single, being single is like a huge blessing because you sure. get that quality time with yourself to do the work. Yeah. When you're in a relationship, it's harder because you have someone else's emotions hmm. to think of. You have someone else's feelings to think of. Like yeah. when you do, when you make decisions, you have to account for the other person. When yeah. you're single, you don't. You literally have yourself. Yeah. And like your friends. No, I, I get what you mean. Uh, it's uh, it's a tough question to answer. I understand where I totally understand where you're coming from. And I agree because like we yeah. said, timing was important because we went through certain things that made us work the way we have. Yeah. Um, But on the single part, I think this is a part that people cop out with because yeah, I was just thinking about it now. Okay. Yeah, I can be single and say like, yeah, yeah, I just want to work on myself, whatever. And that's why I'm not going to get into a relationship but how many guys have used that line on me <laughs> it's hilarious it's so easy. there are so many men so who have easy. been like uh i'm not ready to be in a relationship right now i need to work on myself yeah you're right it is bullshit yeah it's bullshit because just because you're single doesn't mean you're putting in the work on yourself so i can also flip True. it so i can also flip it let's say i w i was single i wasn't putting in the work i started dating someone now and now being with this person is like I'm being forced to like do the work yeah. because like you said, there's another person's emotions. There's another person I have to consider. There's a lot of like, I'm in a relationship now. So there's like, it's a two way street now. So there's maybe things that I haven't addressed before that now. Shit. Okay. I need to look at this. Maybe I didn't know about this before. So 
I think it's again like what you and Nas were saying. You, it's. I think the right, like when the right person comes, no matter where you are in your life, you go ahead with it and you'll grow as the relationship grows. At least that would be that. That's what I think. But I don't think there's a clear answer for that because you can. I see the benefit also of being single yeah. because I was single for years. So obviously through that time, I did a lot of work on myself, whatever. But yeah, I think also like, oh, I hate when guys use it as a cop out. Like, I understand it. Like, I understand the intent behind it because they're literally like, I cannot commit to someone and like, they're mm. literally benefiting you probably from future heartache. Mm. But I just hate it as a cop out because it's, I feel mm. like when you say you're working mm. on yourself, like you say, it's more like BS for, for people because they're like, yeah, I'm working on myself. And they're literally not doing anything. They're just going and partying and yeah, just, every, you know, like they're just going through the motions of every single week. They're not actually putting in the work. True. But that goes both ways too, to be fair. I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you, I, I, I can tell you thousands of stories of that statement being like flipped like yeah i'm just not ready right now for a relationship or like, saying women saying that yeah of course it's too uh, <laughs> it goes both ways sorry i forget i'm on like a women empowerment podcast yeah i know had it so yeah. like i'm just showing you that it goes yeah both ways. well i'm just letting you know you're telling your experience I'm telling mine. <laughs> fine fair enough <laughs> okay i want to end this podcast okay. with talking about us Okay. And our journey All to right. a relationship. Let's go. Because a lot of the listeners, mm. I know a lot of them because they've been like reaching out to me that are listeners from DX Babies. Oh, yeah, of course. They'll yeah, come yeah. to tell me everything with sure. Lance. So a lot of them are like have literally witnessed and heard my like heartbreak of like seeing exes <laughs> at clubs and bars and running into them and then being in my friend groups and and all the drama and the cheating and the lies and every, like literally every single scenario you could think of has, has happened to me so it's just interesting now <laughs> like i have my boyfriend <laughs> on a podcast episode and we're doing this and he's a podcaster it's hilarious so i like the way we met is just funny. It's just we were at like some restaurant bar. It was his cousin's birthday. And one of our good friends, mutual friends, came up to him or I guess like said hi to you. And then he came up to me. He was like, Lana. She was like, Lana, Lana, Khalid's here. And she had like told me about him. And like she was a podcast or whatever. We linked locked eyes. I was love struck. Uh, whatever. He took my number. And so the first time we actually sat and had a conversation Guys, I was a guest on his freaking podcast. Yeah, you were. Which was like risky business. And at first I thought like, oh, this guy just like literally just wants me as a guest. Like he wants nothing more. So like the as like we were talking on his episode and I was saying like, yeah, you know, like I'm on like member guys. I did that entire episode of how I went on dating apps in Dubai to like rate them for everyone. Yep. See, I do it for the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I do it for the people. Absolutely. And I yeah, went yeah. on rated and I like went on dates and stuff <laughs> and like rated how it was all running. So like, I was like explaining this all to Khaled on his podcast episode. So like, I later find out that like in his head, he's like, oh, like shit, like this girl like is literally seeing other guys. Mm. So at the end of the podcast episode, guys, he literally doesn't even ask me out. He's like, oh, like thanks for, like, for coming on the podcast like hope it helps i'm being polite and then i'm like are you not gonna ask me out what went through your mind because a lot of people find that like a lot of men are mm. like uh aggressive a lot of women are like hell yeah woman empowerment yeah for sure so what were your thoughts did you find that confident and sexy or did you find that disgusting and too much confident and sexy really yeah, I love but it. do most guys think that way i can't answer for most guys can you just answer I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I always... I've I can get al- frustrated because he's my boyfriend. <laughs> I, no, but I always think, I swear, I think I've always thought and believed that my views on things are not the typical, like... But Nas said the boy. same thing. You know, it's just not. That's not who me and, I guess, Nas is another one. We're just not, like, those kind of people. Like, for me... For I don't think fuckboy would relate to, like, girl asking out a guy. Would you? Mean? Like, I don't, like... Actually, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't expecting you to. Like, my plan always was like, because we were talking during the week leading up to it. Guys, you want to in my killer line every morning? He'd be like, hey. I'd be like, hey, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair. To be fair. Not, I, girl, ladies use that line. Yeah. If you're talking to a guy, use, use, it, it. use it. Hey, it you. He made him feel so special. He's like, who, me? I was like, me? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, God. Are you I'm, talking to me, girl? Yeah, I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were like, just like from our conversation, like our first conversation Lana, we after like well, he said my name. I was like, yes. After like three minutes, we were already like talking about like our like some vulnerable shit. Yeah, we were talking about you know what I mean, like whatever. It's like, hi, yeah, podcast, cool. Let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) That was our that was our first conversation, 
uh and then during the week uh until you came on the podcast we were like like we were talking we we're talking yeah. almost every day whatever not much but like little things small talk yeah but the vibe like i could feel the it vibe was flirty yeah that was a vibe i was definitely flirting with you guys i was playing a game i would like <laughs> he's like looking at me because he hates games but like my game was gals was like just to not be too available for him yeah and that worked come on you were interested there was a bit of mystery for you yeah i guess like i don't see again me and you like we've talked about before i don't like what you you doing that i don't see that as playing a game with me like i didn't think i didn't think you were playing a game with me because if i thought you were and playing that's the beauty of the game I, fair, <laughs> fair. but if i thought you were playing a game with me i would not i would have like peaced i'm like not yeah bothered. yeah but then when you came on the podcast and we talked about everything and like I was planning to ask you out anyway, but then when you did it at the end, I'm like, this is fantastic. Like, this is, like, you did it. For, he was like, yeah, dinner so Sunday. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Well, if you ask, you're going to get it. And this is, and you, we've, we've had this experience so many times when we tell this story. Yeah. And you tell, like, people we've met, like, couples, whatever, and, the, like, you say, oh, she asked me out. All the girls are like, hell yeah, girl. Yeah, I love that. Whatever. <laughs> but none of them will do it. True. None. None of them would do it. Why? None of my girlfriends would do it. Of course not. Why? Because it's too much putting yourself out there. You're being too vulnerable. You're being too open. But for me, I already have a podcast where I discuss dating and relationships. I am an open book. Yeah. Because I, my goal in life or my goal in this podcast is to not have women feel alone. Yeah. To feel that this is an open place where we can be vulnerable with each other. Sure. And we can talk about these subjects of like low self-esteem, manipulative relationships. And so... I just feel personally, I'm mm. just such an open book. Why wouldn't I ask a guy out? Sure. It's everything I stand for. It's everything I do in my life. It's everything I'm passionate about. Yeah. I might as well just go for it. I liked you a lot. I didn't know if you were going to ask me out. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because a lot of my past relationships were what, at a pretty like slow, not slow, slow, but like a pretty slow-ish pace. Sure. With you, I just feel like, and this just really goes back to like, knowing you're with the right person and mm. knowing at the case i don't believe in getting into relationship out of relationship like relationship right after the other like like ended a relationship and you then jump what, into jumping like another into another one, one. Yeah, yeah i just i really don't believe in that so yeah, yeah. again that's why i think me and you worked really well at the right time but like i kept having this thing in my head where i'm like no lands like you need to slow it down because if it's gonna go too fast like he's gonna lose interest like i had this like thing in my mind that yeah. like if it if i do it too fast if i if I see him every weekend or I see him twice a week, he's going to lose interest. If I tell him too much about my life, yeah. he's going to lose interest, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something I did learn from with for, with you during this experience of dating you, and I don't even think you know that, is that no matter how fast or how slow or whatever the pace is, if that person is meant, you're meant to have a strong, or one of your soulmates, whatever you want to call it, relationship, marriage, husband, whatever it is, yeah. if that person still doesn't lose touch and in, in, in those insecurities and that wall falls then that's the person for you i think that's fair because think, if the person's gonna lose interest after three months and uh, screw that that person is definitely not for you because absolutely. anyways don't find them interesting anymore yeah it's two-way street no 100 percent. uh and that's one of the things i loved about you from the beginning is that you were just you were real with me from the beginning you know you said how you feel about things we talked about even at the beginning you're like you wanted, like you said, you wanted to take it yeah. slow. You didn't want to rush things, you know. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm in this for like the long haul. Like, yeah, you can go whatever pace you want. Take our time. I'm. There's no rush. You know what I mean. Over time, it's just gonna build. It'll get better and so on. So I'm not worried. Um, but one thing was that. Um, on the point that of uh, relationships and going too fast or too slow, I think. Because we talked about it. I remember, we actually, I remember when we had this conversation, we were, I think it was our, like, a month, two months in. <laughs> okay. Maybe two months in. We, okay. were, we were at Drift. Okay. And we're in the pool. We're just chilling. And we both look at each other and we're like, this doesn't feel like it's real. You know, it seems, yeah. too, it seems too good to be true. And typically when people say something's too good to be true, it usually probably, it's because it probably is. There's something wrong. Yeah. But and we both said that and we both felt the same way because the way things were moving, it was very positive. We we're both very happy. And then I remember what you said. and I'll never forget it. I think it was like a week, two weeks later. You're like, I think I figured out why we think that way is because we think that we don't deserve this. Yeah. To have what we have. Yeah. And that's God, something I'm that so wise. Yeah, you're very wise. So wise. But that's, some, but that's something that always that's something that always stuck with me. Um, and like you said, and like we said, if you like the difference between, I think, I understand what you talked like you're you're vulnerable you were being vulnerable with me because 
like we were together and yeah. we were building whatever. Yeah, yeah. My how I have been in my life, I've always been like, listen, I'm gonna be two hundred percent, no matter who you are. But where's the line between vulnerability and getting hurt? Because I know a lot of people, myself included, yeah. you're vulnerable, and then the person rejects you, yeah. and then you crumble. That's fine. Is that is that just life? That's like you have life. to take the risk. So That's so life. so. What would you like? So you have to take the risk. Is basically what you're saying? Because I took the risk with you. I was vulnerable as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if you shut me down, I probably would have been heartbroken. Yeah, but like, as but like, obviously, late into relationship is different. But on our like at the beginning when we first started, I would have been just as vulnerable with you as I would have been with anyone else. My, okay. My belief is always that this is who I am. Yeah. I don't need you. Okay. There's certain obviously you're not gonna I'm not gonna open my life book and tell you everything that's happened to me. But if there's a certain level of vulnerability that I'm like, this is me. Yeah. Take it or leave it. That's it, honestly. And is it a risk? For sure. Have I been hurt in the past thousands of times? But I was still never changed. But that. also, I think it builds your character, and just, that's how you grow. Of course. How are you not going to be vulnerable and you of grow? Of course. This is how. This is who I am, man. You like it? Great. You don't like it? That's fine. Have a good life. Peace. Okay, Khaled. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, how can people look you up? And if they want to do a hypnotherapy session, because we talked a lot about that. Yeah. How can they look you up? Book a session. Plug yeah. it in, babe. <laughs> so uh guys you can check out uh the uh, instagram handle at hope it helps that's hope dot it dot helps with two s's and there's a link there to the podcast you can also check me out on tiktok i'm posting content on a daily basis all about like just helping people and like, i tiktok coaching. approve it by the way yeah i have my the influencer to you know <laughs> <laughs> run myself through uh and yeah just reach out through there you can book a session with me uh, my number is there everything's there just hit me up and hope it helps man guys thank you again i just want to thank boundary again for this incredible opportunity for having me and hosting us today for this incredible podcast episode um guys again foundry is a hybrid progressive art space that provides creators a space to create art create podcast episodes create whatever they want uh they have a cafe it's super cute um follow them at boundary downtown on instagram um be sure to check out the space it's in downtown dubai boulevard um guys thank you so much for listening to this episode i thoroughly <laughs> can't speak thoroughly hope you guys enjoyed it i know i brought my boyfriend on which was really interesting for me um super outside of my comfort zone but this is what tell me everything with lands aims to do guys don't forget follow me on spotify apple wherever you get your podcast from and don't forget to follow me on instagram at lands underscore tho and at tell me everything underscore with lands thank you so much everyone i hope you have a beautiful week ahead and we'll speak next week bye